Good afternoon and welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're broadcasting from the Nebraska Cattlemen Convention, which is wrapped up today here in Kearney. As we speak, uh, they are in their board of directors meeting. So a great, great meeting. A lot of great cattle producers. A lot of discussion, though, about what's happening in the market trade, not only from a livestock perspective, but from a grain perspective. And unfortunately, we finished the Friday on a downward note, but we did have a WASDE report that came out. If you might have forgot about that midday, well, let's take a look at what's happening to our neighbors in the south when it comes to not only the weather, but what it's like production-wise. Jeff Peterson is joining us today. Jeff, of course, is with Heartland Farm Partners. And let's start out, WASDE report. Did you see any any surprises in those numbers today, Jeff? You know, as we dug in the report, there wasn't a lot expected for big surprises. And really, as a result, it didn't really disappoint too much. As we dig into the numbers and starting off on basically what we're looking at for U.S. side, only adjustment. Uh, we didn't expect to see any adjustments on acres or yields, and there was no adjustments there. No adjustments on the 2022 crop, you know, and our current crop years of 2023. Only one change there, and that was an increase on the export side of 25 million bushels. And that did reduce our ending stocks uh, down 25 million down to 2.131 billion bushels. Now, the trade was looking for 2.157, so it came in underneath that. So if that was the only thing we were looking at, we would have had a little bit of a supportive report. But there's other things we'll talk about in a moment. And as a, re- as a result, you know, we did see the market close a little lower here today, down two and a half. That was um, a little over, you know, about a about a penny or three quarters of a cent actually off the lows of the day. But Susan, that was about seven cents off the highs of where we did trade today on the corn side. So as you look at those numbers, and obviously uh, market will get a chance to digest a little bit more over the weekend before the Sunday night trade. Did you expect the lower number and uh, the lower close that is after those numbers came out today? You know. <laughs> That didn't surprise me one bit. So let's just take a big picture here what's kind of going on. Um, over on the soybean side, we've had the funds, you know, the, the, uh, the trend following funds, the managed money, as we often refer to them. Um, you know, they're, they're long soybeans, they're short corn, they've been short wheat. Now, we've had some strength that's been happening in the wheat because we've actually seen some really good exports that have happened this week going to China. But we've just kind of seen a continuation of kind of what the patterns have been. Corn's been finding a little support in here, bouncing a little higher. You know, soybeans have been kind of selling off a little bit in here because of some of the South American weather. So really the action we're seeing based on what we got from the report and how the market looked at it, not not a really too big of a surprise, Susan. Did you see any big adjustments, though, when it came to U.S. soybean numbers? Yeah, the interesting thing on the bean side, 245 million uh, bushels ending stocks. Trade was looking for 242. Last month, it was 245. Uh, There was no adjustments at all over on the soybean side. Uh, I think the market, if you sit back and look at what's what are the areas where there could have been some adjustment, you know, on the soybean side on the exports, I I think there was room to to increase the exports. As we go down the road, I think we're going to see some better export numbers, but I think what they probably waited for on the soybean side, on the export side, is the fact we've got a pretty short window here. We know that there's already a few soybeans being harvested in parts of Mato Grosso. It's a little bit earlier than expected, but most of them are not going to be early. Most of them are going to be late. And so we know, you know, as soon as we turn the calendar over to 2024, we get into January, we aren't going to have a lot of time left for exports out of the U.S. And I think that's what kept them from making any changes 
on the export side on soybean, Susan. Well, you know, and everybody's been kind of talking this whole week that this report was going to be more of a of South American focus. I mean, they were going to have U.S. numbers in it, but the feel was going to be more South America. So where did you see South American corn production set? Yeah, so we come in and look at that. We'll start first on Brazil. So USDA came in at 129 million metric tons. Trade guess was about 127, so it came in a little higher than what they were estimating. But USDA didn't change anything compared to where uh, the report was last month. Now, let's kind of put that in perspective. The 2022 crop was at a 137, so that is down 8 million metric tons, which would roughly be about 300 million bushels from last year. Now, as we move over on the Argentine corn side, talk about Argentina on the corn side, USDA stayed at 55. That was unchanged from where USDA was in the November report. But something we kind of got to remember, last year, Argentina had some big weather problems. And as a result, last year, the crop in Argentina was 34 million metric tons. And, you know, so the current estimate's up about 21 million metric tons. That's up about 800 million bushels. So as we start thinking about Who's going to get, you know, the exports and where's world trade going to be, even though we've got Brazil backing off a little bit. Argentina did come up and is a little stronger on the corn side than where it would have been last year. So then as we look at the soybean side, what did you see when it came to South American soybean numbers? Well, on soybean side, starting first on Brazil, they came in at 161 million metric tons. That was down 2 million metric tons from where USDA was in November. And we compare that to where they were last year at 160. So just, you know, about 35 or about um, 40 million bushels higher than where they would have been last year. So not too much, but they did bring that yield down. And really as, as in what we look at and why was Brazil off? And it gets back to the weather. A couple things have happened. It's been too wet in the southeast. It's been too dry in the north and that northern part. There's a couple parts to that in Brazil as they're concerned that there is going to have to still be some replant. And they're just concerned that on that replant, you're going to have a shorter season soybean. But in addition to that, you've also got certain soybeans that have been hurt. And, you know, we came off of a year where we had that here in the U.S., so they aren't quite expecting yield. Moving over to Argentina, 48 million metric tons. That's unchanged where USDA was in November, up about 23 million metric tons from last year, Susan. Well, it's nice to see that they're acknowledging the dry weather that is happening uh, in South America. Yeah, that, that's right. They are, but not enough yet. And we'll talk more about that later. Exactly. And stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready on this Friday for the second half of the channel final bell. We step back in. We're going to talk a little bit about any other crop information we might have seen coming out of South America. And then the kind of elephant in the room or the lack of rain gauge in some areas. What does all this weather really mean to this crop that's growing there? More is coming up. The channel final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids and the other regional brands along with Channel Seed are merging in 2025 and we're ready to up your seed game. Here's Channel Seed professional Dustin O'Hanlon from Lexington. I'm extremely excited about this to see the focus of taking all 11 brands and moving into one and combining the knowledge that we've got into one brand and bringing every bit of that together so we can have one focus, which is taking care of our growers. For more, contact your local Channel Seed professional. KRVN. Welcome back once again to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing our conversation this afternoon with Jeff Peterson. Jeff, of course, is with Heartland Farm Partners. You kind of alluded, and I want to get to the weather here in just a second, but when you look at all the other information that came out in that WASDE report, anything else from South America perspective you want to share? 
Yeah, there is a few things that are brewing, and we have to watch this. Um, USDA, and we talked about that in the last segment, you know, they did lower the production number on soybean side out of Brazil. But I do think down the road we could also see some bigger adjustments um, happening on the corn side. And so, first of all, CONAB, which would be kind of the equivalency of USDA out of out of Brazil, uh, they, they came out with an estimate out of, on corn this week, and, and they've actually, they're running quite a bit lower than USDA is. But I'll just kind of put it in perspective. Uh, last year, they had the corn crop at 132 million metric tons. This year, they've got it currently at about one 118.5, which was down from their November numbers. But Susan, that's 550 million bushels lower than where currently USDA or where CONAP had their crop last year. Now, to put that in perspective, currently USDA has the crop. You know, it's down from from last year. Currently, they've got it down about 8 million metric tons, which would be about 320 million bushels. So, Conab thinks the crop's going to be even a little smaller than what USDA thinks. And But we'll have to see that unpack. Because keep in mind, you know, this first crop they planted, that's 25% of what their production is. That safrina corn crop is 75. And that's what could have the most impact. But that crop doesn't get planted until this current crop of soybeans uh, gets harvested. But in addition to that, um, we'll hear some people talk about IMEA. IMEA um, is, comes out of Matagrosso. It's the Matagrosso Institute of Agricultural Economics. Uh, they've, they've further reduced their crop also, kind of. And, and they've actually, I would say, overall probably reduced it just a little bit more than what CONAB has. And there's a couple things going on there. One is that they're saying there's going to be less acres. And, and first of all, we said, well, why would there be less acres planted? Because basically it comes back to the profitability of corn in, in Brazil. They're saying just isn't there. And there's individuals considering planting other crops that are more profitable. The other side of that gets to be the fact that we're getting the soybean crop planted late, um, even maybe even replanted in some areas. And what that's going to do is that's going to force that safrina corn crop to be planted later. And in and of itself, as you think about South America, that does not seem like a big deal. But that is a big deal because what happens is that we know their rainfall starts dropping off, you know, each month uh, after the first of the year. So by the time we get to March, maybe they're getting five to six inches of rain per month. By the time we get out there to April, maybe they're down to two or three. By the time we get to the May, you know, they could be down to getting an inch per month. And my whole point of bringing those things up is that if that safrina corn crop gets planted too late, then all of a sudden you've got that crop trying to go through pollination or even trying to fill that ear when there just isn't enough moisture. And, and that's a pattern that happens every year. It's not like what we see in here in the U.S. when, well, maybe we get a high-pressure ridge or something. No, they, they definitely have dry and wet seasons in South America. So I think that's where... We currently see a lot of discussion about reduction of acres, but as we go further down the road, we could even see more talk about, you know, reduction on the yield side. Now, having said all that, we got to be careful just because that's possible. That doesn't mean that corn's going to take off and go higher from here. That's going to take time for that story to unfold. So that that story has to have time after the first of the year to kind of unfold and build, Susan. Well, you know, and that weather with South America just has kind of been the elephant in the room. Some say markets aren't really paying attention to it. Others are saying they might be not paying attention, but we should be paying attention to it. Uh, you're exactly right. You know, normally when we have an El Nino type setup. Um, there, there can be some concerns with some dryness in the areas that we've been getting at uh, the, the extreme wetness in the very southeast corner, uh, not usually to that extreme. 
But I would say overall, the, the markets are the opinion that the range will come and, and it, it's just a matter of time. And, and I would say I think that's true. I mean, they're not going to have a complete disaster down there. But it's I, I think as we go forward, they're definitely going to shorten up this crop on both the corn and the soybean sides additionally. And I think that will bring in additional volatility into this market, and give us opportunity for sales down the road. So then where do we go forward? What are your thoughts, corn and beans and, and marketing moving forward into what's left of December and into 24? Yeah, so the next big thing is we get in the first part of the year. You know, it's going to get kind of hard to get any real good positive information right in here, but also probably not getting too much negative right now because South American weather is going to be a main focus. We're also going to have to watch the price of crude oil real close. Uh, we've got that, you know, kind of trading on both sides of $70 a barrel. And, and if we could get that to bounce higher, uh, that, that would definitely give us some support here going forward. And we'll have to watch our export demand on the corn and the soybean side to continue to see, are we able to increase those enough that we could see an increase in our demand and a reduction in our ending stocks down the road, Susan. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff. Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on X, formerly Twitter, at jeffpeterson01. And that is today's Channel Final Bell. Of course, the Channel Final Bell is brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional. And you can check this out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com. Listening to the World Radio Network.